afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of We're Gonna Need a Bigger Show. I am still at the Chattanooga Film Festival, my favorite festival of the year. Uh, this place is wild. We're at day two, and as you all know, I mean, I'm a nostalgia junkie. Um, I can't get enough of this stuff. I mean, that's kind of the basis of our show. Um, so I am so excited uh, to have one of the directors of a Power Glove documentary, uh, The Power of Glove. Uh, I'm here today with Andrew Austin. Andrew, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, this is a... I. I, I loved this documentary um, because it's one of those things where you go in kind of thinking, how much mileage can you get out of this? Um, and it's just the, the narrative structure of it, I mean, is just, it's perfect. I mean, the, the history, the learning things I never expected through, you know, how it's being used today. I mean, that's, it's, it's a pretty incredible accomplishment. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, we, that was definitely an uphill battle just from talking to people especially people who weren't Nintendo fanatics sure. that when we said, okay, this is going to be a documentary feature length about the power glove. Some people <laughs> said, Oh, okay, stop right there. This sure. is too, you might be able to make a 10 minute funny little right. movie, but there's no way. And in fact, that's why we had to keep digging harder and harder and deeper and deeper into the story to find out, Oh man, there's actually a wealth of, information here and of course sure. i like with every documentary there's a lot of stuff we left out oh yeah well we'll circle back to that but i'm just kind of curious i mean obviously i would imagine that nintendo at least but maybe the power glove was a part of your your childhood or part of growing up not really it okay. actually came out uh i mean i was three years old when the power glove okay. came out so i was definitely a super nintendo fanatic sure. way more than having uh, exposure to the original nintendo and I like to think that my distance from it allowed me to have, you know, a distanced uh, reserved perspective rather than being sure. totally <laughs> obsessed with my own personal uh, experiences with the Power Glove. Sure. But um, I definitely knew about it, at least just from having older siblings uh, or friends who had older siblings sure. that I mean I knew what the power glove was growing up but it, my first introduction to it wasn't the hype it was actually the the power glove sucked which, right uh, yeah know, uh, which was I mean as somebody who kind of I grew up I grew up with it but it, again I was a little bit outside of the age the age bracket too um I never had one. I always wanted one because I loved the look of it. I just and of course, I'm a big horror nut. So as soon as Freddy had one, it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I have to. I, this is even cooler, uh, even though it's a you know complete knockoff. Right. Um, but um, so okay, it's not really. I mean, it's on your periphery. I guess jumping ahead, it's what is it about it that you were like, okay, I think that there's. A history here or I think that there's a, a story here was there what was the kind of the inciting incident for that well um, I think what happens with a lot of toys especially from our childhood is that our recollections of them are that a lightning bolt hit and all of a sudden <laughs> here's the Super Nintendo right. or you know a lightning bolt hit and there's this crater in the ground and here's a power and glove he -Man. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> and um, I've always been a fan of watching these how it's made documentaries um, just because you take for granted so many things in life and you, how many moving parts go into it. Sure. And 
I'm, I'm not trying to say it could have been anything. It could have been, well, how was the slinky made? But right. I, I don't think I would have been as interested. But really, it just seemed like such a perfect device where, okay, I can tell this is a toy that people put a lot of thought into because you have to somehow make this toy actually be functioning. So sure. I thought people like to joke about it on the internet and talk about how shitty it is, but there has to be a story behind people working on this right. really hard. And I think that's, um, that was sort of the inciting thought is that we want to give these people a voice for the first time sure, and treat it seriously, not. So, I mean, because of the age of, of, of what it is, I mean, the, you know, it's, a, it's 30 years old. I mean, it's yeah, getting there. Yeah. Um, so it, it becomes a thing of like, how accessible was the history of the power glove and and you know what those first steps i mean because documentary filmmaking i i i can't wrap my head around it you know i stick to narrative because it's just such a a, a kind of a wild thing but what were those first steps like um yeah you're absolutely right no one at the since having started making this film a few people have actually tried to either write online articles where here's the oral history of the sure. power glove or it's actually a lot easier to research now than when we started on it. Um, but yeah, going back to that naive idea that this would just be a fun little 10 minute documentary, we did a Google search of who invented the power glove. Right. And we thought there's probably one or two people who can <laughs> lay claim to having invented the power glove. And there was a, the, uh, Novak, one of the guys in our film. There was a New York Times article that came out uh, in the early 90s that mistakenly credited him as the inventor of the power glove. Oh, wow. And we thought, New York Times? I mean, that's <laughs> right. a legitimate newspaper. That must be true. So we contacted him, found, you know, did some internet snooping and found his, uh, he works at a university and found his email and said, you're the inventor of the power glove. We want to make a documentary about it. And then the first thing he said was, I have to tell you, there was a New York Times article that came out <laughs> that mistakenly credited me as the inventor. I wasn't the inventor. I worked on the, the game software for it. And, sure. and then it became, well, who was the inventor? And that's when he burst our bubble and said, there are dozens of people. Wow. You know, yeah, that, I mean, I think that's one of the most impressive things right off the bat about the documentary is that there are so as far as the creative team goes there are so many people and there were so many moving parts and it's just that it really blew me away because again going into it it's i i didn't know what to expect you know as far as the history i mean i i you know i i took it for like into account okay there's this is a documentary like it's a feature length so there has to be you know enough to it but i just did not i did not expect that creative team to be that large and like was like so the history collecting part of it was there a lot of conflicting you know like well this person did this no this person did this or you know was everybody pretty much on the same page as you started to discover things and collect things um i mean that's a great question i think a lot of people were on the same page and some people were really good at compartmentalizing what they did like okay. i and then there are some people when they had their, because of the nature of the project, they had their fingers in so many things that sure. when you ask, well, what did you actually do for the Power Glove? It's very hard for them to say, I only did this one aspect. And because of that, there are multiple people who, since they did so much, they 
they say, okay, I have the right to say I'm the inventor of the power glove. Sure. I mean, I had, I had my fingers in all these moving parts. Um, but no, there's no animosity if that's what you're No, 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 not um, at all. I just, it, 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 because the creative team was so big, it just, and because of the age of the project, it just seems like there would be maybe some historical confusion, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And some people will say, you really got to interview this person. They did a lot for the Power Glove. And then I'll go to a, another person, the trusted Power Glove um, you know, former employee, of sure. and they'll say, I've never heard of that person. Oh. I've, you know. <laughs> so there is, and that, I think that has less to do with, uh, I guess, historical confusion than um, so many moving parts and the way a corporate structure like Mattel keeps things sure. sort of regimented and, okay, you stay in this, right. this uh, barn. Well, it, I guess they have better... In barns, but you know they. You stay over here, and uh, you, this team works over here. I guess uh, so. Uh, working, I mean, with two corporate mega structures like Nintendo and Mattel, did you have trouble getting access to anything, or, or were they pretty forthright with you know, like I mean, obviously promotional material and commercials and things like that. I mean, were they pretty helpful with with the project? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's not a horror story sure. by any means. Uh, they both were just, um, I mean, Mattel especially was, was just uh, the the contact we had there said it, it was a long time ago. We don't really have the resources to dig through our archives. Sure, but good luck. Oh, uh, wow. You know, okay. not not a you don't have permission to do this middle finger response, right. but rather just you're on your own. Sounds like an interesting project. Good luck. Yeah. Uh, I mean, all the promotional material that we sourced and everything was all from the creators and independent collectors sure. who just have kept that stuff over time. Right. Um, but, I mean, in general, Mattel, I'd say that was... I'm glad we got that response rather than yeah, the middle absolutely. finger. Yeah. yeah. Um, so how long was the process? I mean, from, from okay, we're going to do this to final cut. It, the the genesis of the power of glove was at grad school. Okay. Um, so it was our thesis film. Uh, oh, wow. It was myself, uh, Adam Ward, the other director, and then Paula Kozowski. And uh, we so that was our short version of it. Sure. And essentially, um, we had an assignment to to pitch a project as if we were pitching it to investors. And Paula came in with this power glove idea, and I, we just almost fell out of our chairs it's like that's a perfect documentary idea sure. but that would have been um i guess around 2012 okay and now it's 2018 but the final cut happened in 2017 so five years sure it's a long-winded way of saying yeah, five sure. years um, um so i mean through the process when when um that initial you know idea you were you were really into it was the structure we're just going to do the history of this product or was there already an interest in like how people were using it today in the collector market and you know how like what was the when did you kind of start to discover the narrative structure um actually the beginning version of the film the short version that ended up being our thesis cut um focused a lot more on the repurposers. I think okay. the original idea was, okay, we're, we have to talk about how the power glove was invented sure. to give these people respect. 
and the voice, like we were saying, of uh, they'd never been heard. But the thing we were interested in is how are people using it today? How are people um, repurposing it for musical instruments or home-built virtual yeah. reality systems or whatever? And that's good, and we really like that. But as as we dug deeper into the story, I think we focused, we got a lot more enamored and passionate about telling the creator's story. So sure. yeah, from the beginning, we did have a focus on the creative repurposers. But as the film project moved on over years, it really became more of a passion project for us to tell the full story of the creation. Sure, of the sure. To actually give the creators a voice. As a more. viewer, I think my one of my favorite parts in the in the film is the uh, how they completely redid all the the instructional material i thought that was just so like such a great like perfect story to capture as part of this what what were a few of your like oh wow this is this is such a cool like nugget of information to to discover i mean i'm that guy you're talking about darren barry he was i am so glad that we followed through with him because he was such a treasure trove not only of promotional materials I mean the man carried a video camera around (laughs) wherever he went and that's why we were able to get such great footage of his home videos and everything but also the pictures you know it's so rare when you have a interview subject who tells you this awesome anecdote or this great story and then you say do you have any pictures of it? And they actually say, yes, here they are. You know? <laughs> right. And usually now I have to go look for them. Or right. It's buried in a box. Uh, it got flooded in storage or something, sure. you know? Um, so he, uh, there were a lot of stories that he said, because like he mentions in the documentary, I mean, he was young. That was the most fun time of his life. And so he had quite a few stories that an, Unfortunately, we couldn't fit them all into the movie. But I think he was, I mean, you hit the nail on the head, so to speak, of uh, his anecdotes and his insight into the actual nitty-gritty aspects of the Power Glove were indispensable for these uh, interesting stories, especially because he, by virtue of the fact of being the end-user tester, so right, um, Darren Barry, if anybody doesn't know, or hasn't seen the film, sure, but sure. Uh, he had to test all the pre-existing Nintendo games and write templates so that the Power Glove would actually function with off-the-shelf Nintendo <laughs> games, which was quite a daunting task. Sure. But what made it so he night and day breathed? How does the Power Glove actually work? So by the time the Power Glove was released, he, I would put my money, was the best Power Glove player because Absolutely. he had logged so many hours of playing with it. But um, because of that, he was indispensable for Mattel's higher-up team to demonstrate the Power Glove because sure. they hadn't really trained anyone to be very good with the Power Glove. So when they wanted to show Nintendo executives, hey, it actually works. Will you give us a license, a right. seal of approval and everything? He had to be there. Um, so that was, uh, you know, very... He was such a great source of information that... Otherwise, we, we you know we're talking to developers and engineers sure, sure, who might sure. not necessarily have to speak with Mattel's right. higher ups right. at any given I th- time. I think there was still just such a incredible wealth of information. I mean, the one of my another one of my favorite things was just seeing the sketches, like the original like design sketches for it. And I mean, it went kind of all over the place. But 
it was, you know, you could see the final product in all of those sketches. Um, so I don't know. I mean, what, why do you think, because I mean, we talked about this, like everybody knows power glove, you know, why do you, why do you think it is an enduring symbol? Um, and it, I mean, it kind of is representative to a lot of nostalgia. I mean, mm-hmm. that's probably one of the first five things people might think of yeah. when you think nostalgia. I think Power Glove for sure. I mean, what do you, what do you think is enduring about it? Um, honestly, I think it connects people to the technological optimism of the 80s. Mm-hmm. But also, I think it's this last enduring symbol of a time period when people were actually optimistic and enthusiastic about integrating themselves with technology. Sure. Um, I mean, I'm sure there was reservations, of course, but uh, I mean, nowadays people have phones in their pockets, but all they talk about is how they wish they didn't. They say, oh man, I wish I could get off Facebook. If I could only stop using my phone for so long, or why am I on the computer for 12 hours a day? Sure. Um, I think back then it was weird that that seemed like what they were striving for. I wish I could put on this glove and make myself more powerful and I'm half computer. Right. Um, nowadays, we kind of are half computer. We <laughs> right. always have Google in our pockets. We, we don't need to know anything and we hate that yeah. and it's weird. And I feel as if design-wise, um, we're always struggling to not show it for what it is. We don't want our computers to look like computers. They should look like sleek, modern furniture right <laughs> uh you would put it in the corner and you can put a lamp next to it and it looks beautiful sure. not it's not this box where and, and so even when you do gesture-based computing now um it, it's all about you don't have to put anything on it just right. reads your hand or if you do put something on it's very sleek looking whereas the power glove was this in your face no i'm half cyborg <laughs> I'm a fucking badass. This is like, I'm a robot. And so, you know, people love hands. It's, it's obviously just a great little symbol of slip your hand into this and turn into a robot that, that people don't seem to be striving as much for, at least not as in your face, Terminator, Robocop (laughs) kind of, kind of thing aesthetic wise. So that, I think that's one huge reason why the power glove resonates with people sure how important was it for you to have the wizard be part of the film like was that like a a big like okay this is i mean this is kind of the crowning moment for the power club as far as like the cross-section between popular culture oh yeah absolutely you know and the product i mean it was huge and that's one of the another reason why after we had made the short version of it we knew there's no way we can call this done because it, it, we had, hadn't had an opportunity to talk to anybody from sure. the wizard and i mean it was huge i think just from a cultural standpoint half of the people half of the people who know what the power glove is if you just say i'm hey uh, i'm one of the directors of this movie about the power glove right. they'll say <laughs> Oh, I love the power glove. It's so bad. It's just tied to it. <laughs> and so if, uh, and then one of the more insulting responses is always, have you, oh, you are? Have you ever heard of this movie, The Wizard? So, uh, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, yeah, of course I've heard of it. I've dedicated years of my life to researching the power glove. You don't think I've slipped by, uh, you know, slipped across this um, movie that prominently features it? Well, anyway, um, it was 
I just knew from a fan perspective that it was going to be extremely important to at least feature it. And sure. so, honestly, we thought we just have to have somebody. And we were thrilled when the director of The Wizard, Todd Holland, agreed to do it and that he was willing to stay so long for us and actually um, tell us some really good stories that I hope conveyed themselves well enough in the film. But it wasn't just a throwaway, hey, it was in The Wizard. Sure. He actually had some insight that I thought was yeah, good. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting that <clears throat> even, you know, still today, he, he really felt a, a reverence for it, and he really, you know, had kind of an emotional attachment. And that was, I don't know if the word is refreshing, but it was just nice to see, you know, that he understood what the Power Glove meant for, for not only popular culture, but just, you know, how that film has, has kind of affected people and stayed with people. And, yeah, I thought I thought his involvement in, in the film was, was really, really cool. Yeah, he... Uh... And I think it was especially um, great because he had, he described himself that he wasn't a gamer, and that's kind of one of the reasons they initially hired him is that he was able to pitch to Universal. I'm not going to make this an insider movie where um, only people who play video games are going to get into it. Sure. And so I think he he really approached it from an outside perspective of I just want to make a fun kids movie that's right, actually right. emotionally and during and the power glove just became part of a vehicle to drive that uh, so absolutely i think as because of that he actually tried to attach some real emotion to video games rather than just celebrating them as being exciting sure if that makes sense um so i mean you said that you've been taking it out since october we, we talked a little bit mm -hmm. before we started um What's the reception been like, and, and what is it like meeting fans who, you know, who really are, you know, under, like, get it, you know? Like. Yeah, uh, it's been great. I mean, the reception has definitely been very positive, and I think one of the things we set out from the beginning was to try to make this movie not just for gamers and not sure. just for Nintendo fanatics. And while, I mean, I absolutely appreciate the people who... Um, are obsessed with Nintendo and nostalgia, I mean, like I am, um, I almost feel like they're gonna, they would have liked the movie even if it was shitty. <laughs> <You know>? like, <laughs> they want to see, I'll just stare at a power glove for a long time, and that's fun enough. Um, so, but I've really enjoyed the people who just, I guess, they were at a film festival and they had to kill some sure. time and they said oh what's this the power of glove i'll go see it and so every once in a while we get a response from an elderly woman who just right. happens you know and she'll say hey i just want to tell you i don't have any interest in video games i don't care about it i don't care about virtual reality but i watched your movie and i thoroughly enjoyed it and here are some questions i have sure those are the times when i really like to pat myself on the back and say okay i think we've achieved the goal of yeah i mean not only did you make a really uh informative film you know that i, I think is is a great uh, oral history of this you know wonderful piece of nostalgia but i also think it's incredibly accessible um which is i can imagine is you know a fear with with something like this i mean you never quite know how it's going to be received right. Um, so, I mean, you, you said it yourself that you're also, you know, a nostalgia person. Do you want to continue to explore these things? I mean, do you have, do you want to continue on a documentary path? I mean, what's, what's next, I guess? 
I, I've always, uh, I mean, sorry, the answer to that is definitely <laughs> yes, and I do want to keep making documentaries and more historical. Sure. I've, I've always been interested in the past, and if I weren't making documentaries, I think I'd be trying to be a history professor or something right. along those lines. I'm glad that I'm, I've chosen to do documentaries, and I, I'm very happy that people seem to respond to this is my first feature-length sure. documentary. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't know so much about the nostalgia. I don't want to say it's being played out or something, but there's definitely a lot of yeah. of if you want to turn on Stranger Things, or I mean, you can get a lot of uh, of nostalgia nowadays. I mean, it's in the called the Goldbergs. I mean, right? You know, yeah, uh, that's yeah. a huge right. ABC sitcom yeah. that just basically milks it, and right. I enjoy it. Right. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, I don't necessarily want to. I don't want to push it too much, and sure. I also don't want to necessarily. I I love documentaries, and this was a great subject, but I. I don't know. I'm ready for something new. Sure, what sure. I'm just, I mean, as you can imagine, when you work on something for, <laughs> for this long. five, six years, like maybe I don't want to just keep pushing sure. the same 80s Nintendo stuff as much as I do love it. Well, I like I said, I loved the film. I can't wait to see what you do next. For people who want to, you know, kind of follow the the film and, and keep up with it, where can they do that? So we maintain our webpage, which is thepowerofglove.com. Okay. So... Not, not Power of Glove, but ThePowerOfGlove.com. And that's, if you remember that, then it's the same for Facebook and Twitter. So okay. Facebook forward slash ThePowerOfGlove and the Great. Twitter is ThePowerOfGlove. Awesome. So, yeah. Andrew, thank you so much for for joining me today. This was this is great. I'm, I, I, this is the closest I've ever been to a power glove. So it's <laughs> yeah, we it's got exciting. one right here. Yeah, we're we're looking at one. Uh, so for bigger show, this has been Mike D. Uh, conti- or continuing our Chattanooga Film Festival 2018 coverage. There'll be a lot of it. I'm I'm here for forever. So uh, yeah, keep up with it, and we will catch you next time. Goodbye. We're gonna need a